What's going on, guys, and welcome back to the Edison Club Podcast. I'm your host, Mike, sitting down here today with a special guest named Sasha. Very glad to have him on. Sasha, how's it going, man? It's going well. How about yourself? It's definitely going good, and I appreciate you sitting down here with me today. This has been an episode that I've wanted to do for quite some time. I've known Sasha for a little bit over a year now. We actually met at Picante TCG in Greensboro during their first ever Switch tournament that they had. And throughout my run of that day, I did get paired up against Sasha and got absolutely destroyed. This guy is the zombie goat. So I've been looking forward to getting him on the podcast for a while and just kind of talking about some old formats, talking about his favorite decks, favorite cards, and just really just having a good conversation about Yu-Gi-Oh! So we're actually going to go ahead and start this off with a question that I pretty much ask everyone that I have as a guest here on the podcast. And that question is, how did you start playing Yu-Gi-Oh? Uh... I started back, like, I don't think it was, like, right at the beginning, but I I think it was maybe probably around, like, 2003, 2004. I remember, like, I would, there was this mall that they would have, like, tournaments, and that was sort of, like, when, like, uh, Invasion of Chaos was out. And there'd be, like, it was this really cool store where you could, like, go, you could, like, they had, like, TV set up, you could play, like, Halo 2 also, which was really fun. And, uh... Yeah, I remember I played some. That was sort of like the chaos from around with like Yada and stuff. And then I first went to Locals in 2005, I remember. Uh, I think that was like around the time that like... That was around like the like set with like um, Sacred Phoenix. So like a set with like Light Vortex and stuff. I played Cat like with my friends, but I didn't really like play in tournaments until after really like later like around the time of like when cyber dragon was out and uh the set with pot of, Av- pot of avarice and the dark world monsters in 2005. the format with cyber dragon like right, right when it came out like after um that was when cyberstein was out too and because trinade was at three and megamorph and limited removal were at three you literally could just go you just like every deck had to decide to revoke it's just oh here's sixteen thousand cyber end like oh, <laughs> and Cyber Sign got emergency banned because it was just so outrageous. Because also, like, Last Will was out. So you could just go, like, Exile Force, Last Will, Cyber Sign. Wow. Yeah, that's that's actually crazy. I also remember people telling me about how they would go, like, summon BLS, uh, use effect to banish your monster, and then, like, metamorphosis the BLS into Cyber Twin Dragon, and then just attack two times. Yeah, so in GOAT format, there was one event. I think James R has talked about it. SJC Boston, where... Cyber the Cyber Dragon set was legal. That's the only one that because I was right before the ban list, and because Cyber Dragon completely changes the meta so much because you can just go like Cyber Dragon Metamorphosis into Balter, or yeah, you can have like Demock and then Metamorphosis into Gat into Cyber Twin, Defusion the Demock Metamorphosis it into its uh, Gatling Dragon or something. Yeah, that 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 was like very very absurd. So mo- mo- Goat Tournament goes, Goats today doesn't allow that. So they cut off at the um, the set with Brain Control, which is the last one. Because, like, like also, it would, it would just be the easiest light, too, because you could just... There'd be no reason to play... Because mo- nowadays, most Go-Decks don't even play things like Air Knight anymore. Because it's not... You're basically just playing Thunder... It would just be a better Thunder Dragon, in a way. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. While we're on this topic, do you remember, like, the first deck that you ever played? Yeah, I think... I don't... Like, for locals, I think it was just, like, some sort of, like, warrior type of thing, because the main, uh, like, format I started playing was, or maybe it was Monarchs. It was, 
it was one of those two because it was the format after goat where everything got got limited which is like a really weird format where smashing grounds for like a few weekends literally cost like thirty dollars because nobody had them the deck my favorite thing about that format is the card pool was so bad that like decks that just would be like okay here's a warrior deck i'm gonna main deck the gold dark world monster just because i know every deck is playing spear reaper and dawn so just off the chance that it gets discarded because that also like um was a hilarious thing where i remember i went to regional that format and nobody had really known about the whole time seal loop yet because nobody had tried it because Sukiomi was at one they didn't ban it and then some guy was just time seal looping with people with Mask of Darkness, and it was amazing. Because that just was so... Like, because they... So I think, like, I remember Mirror Force was banned, BLS was banned, Pot, Graceful, and Duo was banned. But Confiscation was unbanned, though. So that was a, another weird thing, where Confiscation was... Uh, like, think about Dashi to Edison. Confiscation, even if you draw on the first turn... You pay a thousand and you can send any card in graveyard. So you can just like let's say you're going first and you're playing against monarchs. You can just take whatever soul exchange, break control, whatever they have, and it gives you a big advantage. But yeah, that was the the format I got my first top in. Because I remember I played just like a monarch deck with like Pot of Avarice and stuff and like spies and decoichis. And I remember I was really I got the top eight and I was like really hoping to get one of the like original top eight mats like the classic ones, but it had like the, I got like the zombie uh, dragon starter deck one. And then I was able to trade it for one of the original ones to one of my friends. So that was cool. That is really cool. Is that the one that you still haven't played on? It's not the exact one. I have that. I have like a different version of that one because I had like all my friends sign it. So I just keep that one put away. But um, yeah, that is mostly the one I use. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, something I've actually been wanting to ask you for a while is whenever I see you play, you have like a lot of really nice cards. Like you have multiple CP bottomless, multiple CP reapers. Did you buy all that when you got into the format or is that just stuff that you kind of had from back in the day? So some of them I have, I have a lot, have lots of, but like, it is funny. So like, like the, like one, I remember one of that where I met our friend Adam and I was just like, we played our regional and he ended up winning. I think he like attacked a game with three one card one game and then beat me to so another game. And then I just like traded him a bunch of super metas because they were Hello. Um they were uh they were like it was banned, so it was only like fifteen dollars and then oh I traded him just for some from Destiny Hero stuff. But yeah, a lot of the stuff I've I've held on to some, but I just like ultimate's my favorite rarity, so I like getting ultimates when possible. Yeah, ultimates are definitely the nicest rarity. I'm actually kind of still stuck on the fact that you were able to get Super Metamorphosis for fifteen dollars. No, because yeah, because it, it, it had been banned for three years. So, also the thing you have to remember is when the CP supers came out, because it was like a new thing that they were doing. I think it was like two thousand six. Basically, every week at every locals, there was about forty packs being pulled. So the supers weren't that expensive because there were so many of them in circulation. Because every single local, like if you went to a Saturday or Friday local, maybe first got 10 packs and then second got six or something. They were, because that was under like the old like upper deck system where they, they didn't, I don't think they realized that like those things would become as valuable as they did. Yeah. So like even like the, like something, for example, like 
Super Magician of Faith or Super Spear Reaper or Super Book of Moon. That might that probably cost twenty five dollars when it came out because there were so many of them that it wasn't like it was super hard to find them because there were more being released each each week basically. I think also after the pandemic because those things were those things were very have gotten like very expensive since the pandemic. They used to be about half as much as expensive or like less. Like I remember Adam was saying like before for COVID, he had gotten like three ultra, like the TP4 decrees for like 90 each or something like that. And now they're like 450. I don't have any TP decrees, but I do have the Hobby League ones. And I wish that I could use them more because they're just, they're so thick and they're so warped. I'm just always afraid I'm going to get like a game loss or something for using them. Those look really clean. I have, to, I have, to, I don't have any of those. I have two of the TP6s in my GOAT deck, which I, I think I look kind of cool but i definitely i've always wanted to get a tp2 morphin jar but they're 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 just insane even like the the sort of messed up ones now are like fifteen hundred dollars like an mp to hp one is fifteen hundred yeah that's wild that within the game right now there are cards that are like moderately played heavily played to damage that can actually just still be worth so much money like my ghost rare honest that i had they were actually like 115 dollars for damage which is kind of just insane that that's a thing, but you've uh, you've played through so many Yu-Gi-Oh formats um, throughout your lifetime. Do you have a favorite Yu-Gi-Oh format? Uh, I I remember so I stopped for a while. So after 2008 Nationals, which was Glad Beast format, I stopped for a while and then came back around the time of like Zombie format, like Black Wings, like sort of like right before Edison. And then the last format I played was, I think it was Dragon Rulers. I remember I was playing like Evil Swarm or something, and it wasn't very good. And then I just sort of stopped, and then I just started building old formats because I enjoyed that more. Were you playing the ruler format where we had Return from the Different Dimension and Sixth Sense it exist at the same time? No, 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 I wasn't. I, I only briefly... I remember I was playing GOAT then too. Like there was some, there was GOAT tournaments in like Charlotte that I, I went to a few times. But the thing is, is um, I I was really the 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 08 Nationals like so you know like before 08 Nationals they had the emergency ban list where they put Dark Armed at, or they put Allure at two and they banned Dimensional Fusion and they put Return at one. Yeah. Was before that, Dark Arm was like way insanely the best deck so there were three main decks and it was like dark armed it was a little weekend and then glad beast which was absolutely insane with three cold wave three solemn and then Lightstorm was decent but their charge wasn't out yet though so glad beast just was so dominant in that format because being able to just cold wave and then test tiger and that this was even before war chariot which is really crazy because it, it, that deck was just so insanely good and after so at 2007 nationals i played um i played perfect circle and i didn't do good in the main event but i won like the uh like this one of the side event like regional things so i like got my invite like the next day after nats and i remember it was so crazy because i was so that was also the format where people could play demise otk which was incredibly annoying because all he had to do really was just have like Trunade, Demise, and, and then 
advanced visual art and doom dozer because i and megamore because i was eight thousand, and because there were no gores was not yet so there's no way to defend yourself so you sort of just have to hope that they you live long enough that you can kill them fast enough because advanced visual art you just send two normal bugs to the graveyard and then you special it and then you pop the field you special doom dozer and you megamorph it and that's exactly eight thousand. I actually remember people talking about that, and apparently they would play like the two insect knights, which I guess is kind of like your food for Doomdozer. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because yeah, they had to be level four. They had to be normal monsters, so you could also send like the metal, like the level eight bug guy, because you need to remove a bug for Doomdozer to get the eight thousand. That's crazy. So I, I remember. So I'm playing this guy in the finals, and I like somehow like miss Snipe Hunter like three or four times, but still end up winning. And that was like a. I really like reverse circle format because like it was just, this was fun. I remember I borrowed uh, D draws and malicious because I didn't have any, but you could just go like D draw malicious and some Vestalis on the first turn, and like things like that. Also, you could Metamorphosis was still out, so you could, uh, yeah, that was nice. And Brain Troll was at three, which is really crazy. Yeah, because that was like right when Card Trooper came out. So Card Trooper, Card Trooper like. A lot of decks are just like Monarchs with Card Trooper, where you just get advantage, and then you or you could just play Machine Dupe and just basically you just mill so many cards, and then when they kill your Card Troopers, you draw three. Yeah, is that the old uh, Troop Dupe Scoop format there? Yeah, it's it's sort of like it's it's like around the same format. It was a little bit later, but yeah, because okay. Card Trooper got limited to one, like per, like on the next format. Yeah. But that's when Disc Commander was still out, which is really insane because of like premature and call and stuff where you just get a huge amount of advantage yeah i see you you also told me an interesting story yesterday about when you had the chance to play for an sjc gold sark do you kind of want to tell us about that here Not for, i mean i'll tell it but it's definitely painful yeah so yeah, definitely painful. the there is a sjc in durham i think is i think this was 2007 or so and i got like selected to be one of like the random like public events playoff thing so uh and like the winner got like a sjc gold sark which was crazy so so i won the first round and then i'm playing against this guy game two i think we're both playing like perfect circle because that's just was the format then uh and then so this is like right the week of when the premium pack cards came out so you like legacy of yada shield crush uh marshmallow but like I hadn't really seen anybody play those cards this weekend, so I wasn't like expecting it. So game three, I have like two cards in hand, a back row, like Ryza, Asphalos. I think I have like eight hundred or nine hundred or something. And he just has like one monster. And I don't think like, oh, it could be Marshawn because I'm I'm like, all right, well, I haven't seen it all weekend, even though it would become played like in, in per circle, like in like the later formats. So I just attacked into it, and I lost because of it, and it was definitely, definitely like really, really painful. Just because I, I don't really blame myself that much because it was such a weird situation where, if I had obviously seen more people playing it over the weekend, it wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been as surprised by it. But because I, I hadn't seen it either of the two games, and then it was just the first weekend, so a lot of people didn't even have the card anyway. Because weirdly, it was like twenty dollars because it was. It was like pretty good, especially in like the later Fervorcycle formats, because you contributed to summon Lad, and it's also just kind of hard to kill. You have to like soul exchange it or rise it or something, or it's it's not a bad card at all. But it wasn't really played in that format. 
Yeah, because also it's like it's way harder to kill than Reaper because you can't just target it. You actually have to clear it somehow. Yeah. You have to like tie a set or something. Yeah, and then inevitably Marshmallow will get put to one, which I guess is just kind of the same reason why they put Reaper to one. It's just too hard to yeah, get I over. Think it might have gotten put to one on release like Grandmol did. So when Grandmol came out, there was no time we could put more than one Grandmol. Really? I might be one of that. Yeah, so when they printed Grandmol, it, they immediately put it to one. So they didn't they didn't want people having like multiple of those with just loops of being able to just bounce everything. And that was even before synchros were out. Yeah, so the, the a thing that they didn't end up putting to one, have you heard about this story? So when Stratos came out, there was like one event where people played three Stratos because they didn't expect that people would be able to like get all the cards from like the manga thing in time because they had it wasn't allowed to be re- like it wasn't officially like widespread release until like the following week and they so they didn't think of oh we're going to have an emergency ban list for this one week and put stratos at one so diamond dude turbo with three stratos is just insane because it makes a deck that was already very very good that's a deck where you sort of just turbo everything you want to end on a board of like Diamond Dude, Stratos, Jinzo, Demok, and you just add Vortex back and you pop them per game because you remove the Warriors with the Phoenix Blade. But yeah, there was one event where there was three Stratos legal and it just, it was, it was crazy because it was definitely like an unintended consequence of, like, like for something like Konami, I, I feel like Konami wouldn't have allowed that. That was like a classic, like upper deck, like, oh, we're not really expecting people to go buy the copies of the card and use them before they're officially released. everyone else yeah actually at richmond cameron was kind of telling us something about this and it was like uh airblade turbo is that what it's called yeah so it's basically a deck where it's like it's it got even better when dark arm came out but basically you're just playing also magical stone was huge in it because it made it a lot easier because you discard like two warriors and then you'd have like malicious you like monster gating reasoning until you get to like demock and then you defusion your warriors, and then, and then you can just like basically you're just trying to go for game through whatever because you have access to any spell in your graveyard pretty much when you summon Demok. And wow. and there's no there's nothing like Gore, so there's no even something like DD Crow isn't gonna really gonna stop you because you have three defusions and you have magical stuff also. Yeah, I, 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 you know do you know Jeff Daniels? That sounds really familiar. I don't know. If he's a friend of like Chase, and uh, he doesn't. He was at one of the Switch tournaments, but he, um, he had back-to-back regionals where he went eight and zero and nine and zero with that deck, losing like one game total the entire weekend, or both weekends total, just with that because it was a. There weren't good side cards against decks like that then because there weren't re- basically you just unless you like dust shoot them or mind crush them or something like that it, that deck needed so little to get going that it was just very easy to just i remember i played against that deck one time after dark arm came out and i literally lost i think it might have been like six minutes i got two so badly because with dark arm you can also spring back dark lords of rado which you can discard a dark and pop their whole field so you can end with like Dark Lord Zorado, Genzo Demok, and that's eight thousand right there. Yeah, it's it's like one of the it's like an old school old. I don't think like everybody played it because some people were like, yeah, like why would I? I could just play a more consistent version where I play like Monarchs and stuff. Like that's what I played. Yeah. Because 
you can have more control where you can have like wing blast wing blast and rise of is like a really sick combination but um that deck was really really good though and it was another thing where it was also like not very many people played it because magical stone was an ultra from a champion pack and it was like 180 dollars because the whole thing is you couldn't use spell reproduction because you need to be able to discard the monsters to remove them. Or discard Democ and then Premium or something like that. It had to specifically be able to discard any card, not just spells. Gotcha. Wow, yeah. I didn't know any of this. I actually feel like I'm in school right now and I'm just like getting taught and like educated. It's pretty cool, actually. Honestly, you're, you're glad to not play during Dark Souls. I'm glad I never got it. What's, what's really funny about the Street Stratus thing is. Even with one Stratus, the deck was insane because it just played E-Call and multiple rows. So you still had, like, that's, you, you had access to Diamond Dude so easily. Yeah, because what you want to try to do is you want to try to get Malicious. You, like, D-Draw Malicious, and then you play Monster Gate, and you're slowly trying to just get Diamond Dude or Demok on the field. And that, but I always found it weird is because, like, it's win condition. It seemed like, like it wouldn't work all the time because it involved just getting like four monsters and then having lightning vortex. But somehow that really worked like most of the time because there was nothing like, there was no like set, there was no things like spies then, or even things like, cause, cause that deck also, it would just get the true nade or heavy or Jinzo out really easily. So. Yeah. So basically the deck was kind of like reminiscent of dragon turbo where you just get to basically do whatever you want to do. It, cause it was a lot, basically also like, because it, the Phoenix Blade vanishes warriors, so you can ban. It, let's say you have like two Diamond Dudes, Malicious, and Stratos banished. If you play Defusion, you can pop three backer on the field because of Stratos' first effect. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. What uh, what would you say is your favorite format you've ever played in? Oh, uh, I I enjoy I enjoy Godin Addison a lot. I would probably say for like a not I like Tengu as well. Tango's fun just because there's a lot of different decks, even though there are certain things that are really annoying in that format, like TGs and skill, three skill drains. And also agents. Agents are just... just they're, they're sort of like the black wings of, the, of Edison in, in a way, because the deck plays so many boss monsters. I really like... The, this wasn't like the healthiest format, because a lot of the problems that got fixed for Edison, but the format before Edison, where you could play... Where Lightstorm was at, like... Uh, you had like three charge, three honest, three lumina, three necrogardena, but then zombies had three Mizuki, three Brionic, three Tragodia, and three Burial, or two Mizuki, two Mizuki. Yeah, that format was really fun. I enjoyed playing zombies in that format a lot because it was crazy because you could just summon Brionic and it didn't even matter if it got bottomless or whatever or torrential because you just had two more. Yeah, that it was. It was just you could just completely just just pop it out. Just like oops, like, yeah, like you can't do that in Edison because. Especially if you sing your own goblins on it because you don't get priority with the mandatory effect. But it was that Lightstorm was insanely good in that form, just because having three honest and three charge and three Illumina and three. Yeah, that, that sounds like my kind of format right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I also like. Um, yeah, those. Some of like the older formats are fun. Like. Uh, like the second Perfect Circle format, where it's a little bit more grindy. Where you have only two malicious, I like that format too. I mean, it is annoying because Crush Card is in that format, which is very can be very like have nine games because you can just lose like three or four cards. 
or you can hit their lightness arts dragon and then it activates and it pops their whole field. Yeah, we've talked about that. <laughs> when you told me that the first time, I was like, what? I went, I read Lad and I was like, what the heck? That's crazy. Yeah. Like, it's destroyed in hand and mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, mostly the formats I play are just, I don't play Goat as much. Like, I play Goat, I, like, a couple of years ago before I got into Edison, really, I was mostly playing Goat. But I like, I like Edison. I, I think there's some, there's certain things that, do make it annoying sometimes, like mostly, mostly black wings and like a few problem cards where, like dust shoot and something like dark iron. Where if you're playing a, against a deck that plays dark iron and they draw it in the first three turns, there's a high percentage you're gonna lose it, just because you'll just die so quickly that, or they'll get a plus two or three if you don't have solemn or something. Yeah, I absolutely hate it. It's like my biggest pet peeve when I feel like I'm winning. I get them on no code. It's just, it's so and easy to summon, dark too. And they yeah. top deck dark arm. Or even, just like, think about it like this way. Like, if you, if you like, for example, like, let's say you're playing Black Wings and you, like, open, like, summon, like, Shura or something. Shura, and then you have, like, and then you have, like, Kalut or something. And you have, like, you summon Blizzard. Like, all right, you're at three darks already. Or something like Zombies, where, which I really like in Edison. If you have, like, one Synchro... With Goblin Zombie, you can just search like the third dark and then discard it. Yeah. Like. Yeah. yeah. Zombie, I, I think that dark dark arm and I, oh future fusion against any dragon Edison deck is definitely. <laughs> like. Yeah, future fusion. Yeah. The, the first time that I played our friend Nick Newberry, he drew future fusion both games in Dragon Turbo, and it is just not a fun time. When even against like the regular just trap dragons, like, like I was playing like one of the PS5 tournaments I was playing like a few week, like a few months ago. A guy he opened Future Fusion turn one, and I could kill like one red MD, but it's so hard to kill two of them if you don't have a. Uh, you need to have like the absolute perfect hand to kill two of them on the first turn because it's just absurd. Like, uh, but yeah, it's being it, it's just really really annoying. I think. A card like that is just it's just crazy. Yeah. I've had games against Dragons where they did what you just said, like they started their turn with two. And also people are smarter now where we're putting them in defense so you can't bring control and crash them now too. Yeah. It was yeah. really annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I have a short story here when I played against my friend. He put both of his in attack mode and I had Soul of Purity with like either Plague Spreader or Orange Light. So I went like I hit charge and paid absolutely no attention to what I milled. And then I just instinctively went Soul of Purity, summon the tuner, make Colossal Fighter. But what I didn't realize was that off of my charge, I hit like Garoth, Jane, Aaron. So no matter what I banish, my Colossal Fighter is going to be 2,900 instead of 2,800. And it was it was really sad, actually. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I was only able to kill one of them. And then you killed yeah, the... The... I think, like... Drag like the dragon turbo and also just like a regular dragon deck, they're really solid just because like Draco is just an insane card that exists. Like it's so hard to have a card that is just like, oh, they're I'm gonna go for game through whatever you have, or you can't do anything. Like, yeah, like and they that, can, like, search that card off, bring it back, yeah, and also that's just like. Yeah, definitely. I would say that that. 
I've, have you played against the new version of like the dragon deck that plays like it's basically like a dragon deck with most of the dragons, but it plays like Caius and Dark Armed and Hamster and Raiko instead of like Mass Dragons. So it's like a little bit more explosive. I've watched our friend Adam Corey play it. I haven't actually sat down and played against it myself, but it does look pretty crazy. Yeah, it's it's really good because you can just do like huge turns where you have you still have like Caius and Raiko and Hamster, but then you also just have the dragon package with it's like you can also play like a lure and plague spreader also, so you can have a little bit more consistency that way. Yeah. Because I think some of the other dragons, like Mass Dragon, Explorer Dragon, they're like not that good. Like I kind of just understand just playing like playing like the dragon version with other stuff like Caius. Like I, <laughs> I was sitting next to this guy at the, at the Orlando RBT. The guy, I think the guy like went into like nine, eight, no, in Swiss, and he was playing like this. He was playing this guy who was also playing dragons, with like a regular dragon version. And then he just like dropped like dark arms, like like and killed him with it. And like then like game two, he had like he had like Caius them. Like like the guy just looked so stunned. I felt so bad for him just because he was he he didn't even look like he was like misplaying or thing. He just was getting absolutely just punished by all. Yeah, that dude was drawing fear fusion like so much over the tournament though. He ended up losing in top four, but it was still like wildly impressive because nobody had really played that type of dragon. Yeah, I've seen people that play the Ryko hamster build. They, their opponent would like attack their hamster. So, hamster lived. They set the Ryko. <laughs> they flip the Ryko. They hit the back room. They mill a dragon. They tribute summon darkness metal. And yeah. it just spirals out of control for there. And I'm like, this all happened because one hamster flipped. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of the reason, like, like Hamster and Raiko, I think that's like part of the reason why like Vayu is such a good deck, but also sometimes struggles to go second. Because like like if you go first and you just set Hamster and they do something or attack it or whatever, you're having Raiko and then you're probably gonna have like Kaius filling also. Like that's so it's it's the best deck that plays Hamster and Raiko. Yeah. What's uh what is your favorite Yu-Gi-Oh card? If you have multiple, um, probably I would have. I would probably have to say a few favorites. I, I really like, I really like Caius a lot. I really like Breaker, Notch Warrior a lot. Yeah, Breaker's cool. And I, I really like Chaos Sorcerer, and probably an underrated one that I really like. I just really like the art of it. I really like Armageddon Knight. Yeah, Armageddon Knight. The the SJC playmat with Armageddon Knight on it. Oh yeah, I have one of those. Yeah, you really. That is so cool. It was, it was a regional top eight playmat. It wasn't a SJC. Oh, okay. The so regional playmat. There's one. Yeah. There's the Armageddon Knight one, and then there's also a Doom Calendar Knight one. Yeah, that's an SJC one. Okay. That, the, that the, one. That's the. I think like that's like from the fiftieth SJC or something. Because there's also a Dark End SJC mat, which was really nice too. Oh. Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of crazy how much Doom Caliber has fell from grace from the original format, because now people are there's just. There's so many Treeborn Frogs by you. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of understandable. Like, I, like, because it's also just a weird design of a card that it's like a, it's like an Omni, like, field thing. Like, like, there's not a lot of cards that are like that. Like a Floodgate where it's like, oh, yeah. I guess sort of like, like, Dark Dragon is like that, but. I think if Doom Caliber was a warrior, though, if you played more. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, one of my first events I ever played in, I had this poor unfortunate guy that summoned two 
Doom Caliber Knight. Oh my god! And I was just like, I'll normal summon Card Trooper and Mill Three. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I remember. Yeah. I think the format before Kangoo, so this was when like you could play like uh, three Avarice and uh, multiple Black Rose and. I played a version of Tengu that played Doom Caliber, like, two or three, and it was, like, pretty good. Like, because there weren't really a lot of, like... I don't know. The... the Doom Caliber is just is definitely a weird card. It's definitely something that's, like... Maybe it'll, like, come back in some version, but it's just a really, like... It's a card that has so many weaknesses, and also, like... Is it really like the good of use of your normal summon if it's just gonna die next turn to whatever effect? Yeah. Like unless you're going for game through gores, but or something like that. I guess Doom Caliber does destroy Reborn Tingu, right? Negates the effect as well. Yeah, so that's that's not part of the reason why. Yeah. Yeah, that I feel like outs the Tingu in that format are pretty limited. Yeah. I mean there are there are a bunch. Like, I mean, getting heralded is yeah. The, the agent deck, do you know how many boss monsters that deck plays? I actually have it on my desk because Justin gave me a lot of it because BBG's having that Tingu. Oh, yeah, everywhere. yeah. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm going to so definitely be there. It's like BLS, Chaos Sorcerer, three Master Hyperions, two Christia, two Christia, two Tragodia, two Drag, yeah. And then you have Reborn. It's like bring any of those back. Yeah, and you can also play Duality, which makes it you can just access them easier. That deck's really good. I definitely. Got some bleaching the lights for that event because I it's a card that has one printing and I didn't have any, so I had to order two of them. Yeah, I'm still missing several things. I've got to find some dualities. I have tour guides. Yeah, so the version are you gonna play because like the old version it plays you know Birdman, the card Birdman. Yeah, I actually he gave me one of those as well. Yeah, because you can summon with with you can summon Trish on the first on the with the the time balls with Birdman. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's pretty good actually. Yeah, I think Thunder King should be main in that deck though, because Thunder King is so good in tanky format. It's honestly amazing. It, they can't play duality. You contribute to stop something like Hyperion. It's very good if you're playing against plants and they have to make a Cataster or a Hyper Librarian in order to kill it. Like I really think Thunder King is very very good. Because also, it, uh, against like, yeah, I think Heroes is very good in Tengu also because of Shining, because being able to just Miracle Fusion for a guy who's 3,300, that also you get Stratos and Alias back to your hand once it dies. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. I, I played through more of actual Tengu format than I did of actual Edison format. And yeah. I remember everything like that, like, Hyper Librarian, Formula Synchron, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I, because like back then people didn't play as maxi as much as they do now, like online and stuff. So, like, I don't even really like like one for one that much in the, in the plan deck just because, like, I don't want to discard Dandy and let him draw two because there are only two targets. So, I, I'm just kind of like, I'm just not going to play it. I'm just going to play Call and Scapegoat instead. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Is that, do you play Tingu Plants in that format? Yeah, I do. Okay. I mean, I, I, we, my whole friend group has been playing that for like several years now. So, like, we've had it. Uh, I, I think the scrap deck is pretty fun too because it has that cool quick play spell. And also, it has the in, built in defense where if you warning scrap dragon, it gets the second effect like light, like light darkest dragon where you special scrap from the graveyard. Oh, yeah, that's ah. true. I actually forgot it even has that effect. It's, it's been so long since I've seen someone just play. 
you know, scrap. Yeah, because it's sort of just like a deck that plays Tengu and just a bunch of like level four dudes. Because you can just the quick play. It's like you tribute. You like you like tribute a scrap, send a scrap to the graveyard, draw a card, and then there's one that searches and you search the one that fetches it from the graveyard. So like that's an instant scrap dragon. You've already drawn one. Wow. Yeah, that's that's true. Ulti scrap dragons right now also are so cheap, and I think I'm gonna. Buy yeah, I have. Dragon. I really like those ultimates of those. They're really good. Like, it it would be crazy. Like I was talking to my friend Chris about this that a card like Warning in Edison would actually be pretty good for the format because a lot of the big problems of it are just things like Dark Armed or Christia or even something like Substitute, where being able to stop one summon. Yeah, I think war like if Warning was at two in Edison, I think it would be a little bit. I think it would be good for the format in a way. I don't think duality would be good for the format because that would be way too much help for a lot of decks. That yeah, the format's already like pretty slow, and every deck plays triple duality. Imagine like playing against Blacklings; so they just duality add Whirlwind to their hand. Oh, yeah. Because Whirlwind was that one in Tengu, which is very weird. Did yeah, you know that? Whirlwind and Collision. Yeah. They just they had enough of Blacklings. Yeah, but like, yeah, it definitely is like, like I wonder like next year, like, do you have any predictions on what decks like might rise up? Because it sort of feels like in Edison, there's this sort of four or five, maybe six or seven things that are just so much like, like value has won something like four of the biggest events this year, which I think is crazy. Yeah, I think that people now recognize that Bayou is probably the best deck just because of the results that it's had. And but the thing is, it doesn't feel like that sometimes like when I play. Like I, I think I think Blackwings is better than Vayu. I, I just think like the Vayu is just it also is just a thing where it has so many one ofs like burial and stuff that it's just if everything is like going smoothly, it's it feels so good. But like I was playing in like the top eight, I was playing Vayu game two, and my mills was like were like gores. Mirror Force, Torrential, and then my second mill was like Dust Shoot, oh, no. Freshman, Everyone uh, Deep Prison. I was like, alright, like that's it. Yeah, even with the results that Vayu has, I would rather play against Vayu than play against Pure Blackwing. Literally. Yeah, I think Pure Blackwing is a better, it has it has just like the matchup killer against a lot of different decks, because even something like, I think Black, the reason why Blackwing I think is so good is just because against Frogs, Frogs game one has a really good matchup against most of the top stuff. But Blackwings is more of a 50-50 because you can just get take so much damage from piercing. Yeah, like one Whirlwind, Sirocco, and Deborah. And you yeah, like I had a game on playing Blackwings in the 5k, and it was like, I lost. It was round four. And I drew one Scholar Trap the entire game, which was an econ that I used to kill like a Taster. But I took like 5,000 damage, or 3,000 damage from a Sirocco, Bora, Gale boost off over Dupe Frog. And then he had two Kaluts when I tried to kill his Bora. Yeah. I was like, okay, like, like my hand wasn't even bad. Like I had like monarchs and boars and stuff, but it didn't even matter because the pressure is just so much. Have I told you about how I lost to um Black Wings in top four of that five? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll tell it again just for the listeners here. It's it's so defeating. It's so defeating. So I lost to this guy in Swiss. He he spanked me in Swiss and straight two owed me. So I get He also beat Adam by top deck and Gale when it was like one of three out of twenty cards that 
he could that he could top deck and yeah. he could top yeah. I heard about that on the stream too. Like I think yeah, you told me about that. I was yeah, like, oh, he, yeah, he Adam was like so he was like what happened is he like brain controlled his alias and he thought he had like game, but the life points were wrong. But then he synchroed and he gave him the alias back in, instead of synchroing it with Blizzard, which is completely insane. Like if wow. he had yeah so that was that's that's crazy see like my thing is like very similar to that because the first time he misplayed was when i summoned soul purity and i normaled orange light and i could just yeah. tell by how he was acting he had book of moon you know like you just kind of know yeah and he booked my orange light while i had plague in my graveyard so i was like i was so stunned so i just summoned my plague made thought yeah. ruler you know and i get him down to like very few cards and he summons soroko and sets two into heavy because i searched heavy off gold sark so naturally i activate heavy i hit his deep prison he chains legacy yeah i actually was cards. thinking about that more that does not seem as crazy especially because he had legacy because if what if he if he had like starlight road and deep prison or something like that that wouldn't have been like that's definitely a weird play yeah but that's a little makes a little bit more sense than some of the other ones i think yeah and the card he drew off legacy was collude yeah so insane and i thought about it i was just like you know had i just attacked and not played heavy would he have been smart enough to legacy at attack deck and i don't think that he would have yeah maybe playing legacy is it's very annoying like when you heavy like like i had a game i was playing online the other day where i like heavy to dude and it's two back three back rows were like double legacy dushy that he waited i'm like okay like oh no. <laughs> you got me it is it is weird though because i don't think it's like that it's it just sort of like i've never been a huge fan of cards like that like i'm not even in like goat i don't like things like jar of greed that much like i i think upstart is just so like obviously obviously those deck plays both but it's just a weird thing where I'm going to use a deck slot where it's basically just a. It's just trying to bait something out. Like it's just I, I'm not. What, what are your feelings on legacy? Because I don't. I'm not a huge fan, but I understand why people like it though. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I think that people like to play cards that when it's they're sort of like MSG. it's like playing like a mini game inside. It's like like playing a mini game inside of like Mario Party, like while you're playing while you're playing uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, it's all it, like. It's sort of like the thing where like people are like a bunch of people who are really obsessed like the fairy deck and like how good it is and stuff, but really it's sort. Of, no, I'm not talking about Christie's Swarm. I'm just talking about like the pure fairies. Yeah, like, yeah. Nova Summoner, right? Angel. Yeah, out. and like a lot of the the like that deck is just it's not it, one. It's very weak to deck heavy, but also like I was listening to, to I think it was like James Ark who was talking about. It. It's like people who play that deck are just trying to do. They're trying. They're playing for like the purpose of trying to get like legacy plus ones off getting an ST or something like that. Yeah. Like, like I don't know. It just Cody was he he was running two of them in zombies though when he was when he made top eight and he said it was pretty good. But he was also playing two DD Crow in the main also, which was like very different. Yeah, that is. So that started like if you're playing something like that. Like I think I think in a deck like fairies where you want to see Harold or Honest or something like Gores even. That makes more sense, but just I don't know. It just seems like because the the odds are of of a different card, like the difference between thirty eight and forty if you're playing two legacy, 
it's not even it's it's a whole nother turn because it's not like outside warriors can activate them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I don't think that that card is like bad or anything. Yeah, like, I think it's just like fine. Like it's just fine. I when I was playing Blackwing, I would just normally rather have that card be like a real trap card most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, because like even something like like compulse or something is probably going to be more useful. Because, like, if you don't... Because oh, my theory is, like, if they don't kill it with something like MST or Heavy, you're going to end up having to use it on your turn, and basically, you're just one turn behind the whole... In a way. Like, yeah. You're not really behind, but you're really just back to where you started, and you've gotten no value from it. Those random times where it gets flipped when Dark Death Spirit is on the field. I, I still... I, I have not seen it in person. Prescott was saying that. That Mitchell did it twice against one guy in, in one match, though. Wow. Yeah, I haven't seen it happen. Did you, did in you see that? There was this crazy online deck that got top eight. I think it was an online thing that Prescott won like a few months ago, where the entire purpose of the deck was it was just frogs, but with three Jar of Greed, three Legacy, two Dark Dust Spirit, and Creature Swap. So it would summon Dark Dust Spirit, <laughs> try and take their set Raikou because you couldn't take a fake space up because it would get popped. Legacy to draw two, and then get Dark Dust Spirit back to your hand. Wow, that's so funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> they, he was using his brain. Whoever built that deck. Yeah, it was completely crazy. Like that's also like just very funny to me. Just like for, like the entire purpose of this is I'm going to summon Dark Dust Spirit and have like six draw traps. That gives me some ideas. I tried to homebrew this deck. Uh, do you know what Moja and King of the Beast? Is. Oh yeah, 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 I've seen yeah. That. yeah, yeah. I tried to like homebrew a list with that, and like Kinka Bio, <laughs> like you Kinka Bio back the Moja, distribute it for the Beast guy. Oh, well, that's another thing that you can play in Tengu format is, is Chaos Piper. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, I saw Playtest IRL posted like top deck list from a Tengu tournament they had, and I was like, because Mystic Piper is like one of my favorite cards, and yeah. I was like, I need to get Piper so I can actually play that deck. Yeah, Cody was playing that for a while. I think he took it apart, but that deck's pretty solid because you have three Chaos Sorcerer, and then you can just have things like Battle Fader or Valor or or whatever. Yeah, that card only has one print. Well, if I want to look into that, that's, I probably need to that's weird. Up. Yeah, I don't think they're that much. I think like you could probably get them for like twelve dollars each. Maybe. Yeah, might be worth looking into. There's. There's a lot of cards for Kingu format that I feel like are probably going to end up getting bought out eventually. That's probably one of them. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff is being reprinted, though. Like, now, like, like it used to be... Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, what, like, hasn't been... No, yeah, mostly mostly think of weird things like that. Like, things that just have, like, one per thing or, like... Yeah, Leeching the Light. <laughs> I mean, Leeching the Light is only, like, 80 cents, just there's one printing of it, so... Yeah, it could it, definitely, no... like... You know, if Tingu really takes off, people start playing it. You know, it could get to a couple dollars, probably. That's just a very annoying thing where I knew I had them before, but then it's just like, no way. I'm actually going to need some of these when we're going to play in a tournament because yeah, I have to actually side deck against that deck, So That's the spell, like, you target a light your opponent controls and a monster you control, and it gains that target's attack. And it goes to zero. And it so goes to if zero. You, for example, like, if I have a... If I have, let's just say I have Tengu and the opponent has Hyperion, my guy is going to go to 44 and your guy's going to zero. Wow. So basically, it's just you can kill them very quickly if they don't have Honest. 
Wow, and even if they have honor, oh, no, it doesn't go to zero. It doesn't go to zero. So okay, it's it's select one monster your opponent controls, but all based off monsters on your side gain the attack. So if you had even let's say you had like two two dandy tokens and a tengu, you would have a guy at forty four hundred and two at twenty seven hundred. And that gets even crazier if you have like BLS up and you activate exactly, as well. Yeah. Yeah. BLS is fifty seven hundred attack yeah. two times now. Wow. Yeah, yeah, BLS is just a any format that has BLS that's like old. There's so many games where it's just oh, you would have won, and then BLS games come down. Like especially with something where you could do like BLS Armory Arm, where that's literally just eight thousand if they have attack mon attack position monster. Yeah, because you can't gorse through that because it's just game. I was thinking the other day. I was like, man, I would definitely, definitely play Lightsworn and Tingu if Honest was it too. Then someone was like, oh, but you don't want Honest too because BLS exists. Yeah, think. well, that's fair. I mean, even the one honest in agents, like that, can be a big problem. Especially just that deck's really annoying because, like, the Gachi Gachi guy is like really hard to kill. You're gonna need to Caius that or something. It's just it, it has two built-in de defenses, and it makes the the uh, the agent guy like twenty two hundred or whatever, or like two thousand. So we can get over Thunder King, which is really like really annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I was going through, and like I said, Justin gave me a lot of the deck, and I had some of it because when I was still playing modern, it got new support. And I was just reading these cards, and I was like, "This deck is actually so crazy!" And the fact that it has its own like Chaos Sorcerer, Master Hyperion, especially with priority too, because yeah. the priority doesn't even—if it's not getting hit by Warning or something like Thunder King, if it's getting bottomless, it's still—it's basically just a mini Dark Arc. Yeah, it's but there's no restrictions on, and you can banish. From the field or graveyard to summon it. This isn't that long after Edison format. It just seems like the game really changed a lot. Well, the, the really the turn after as the the Shining Darkness format completely changed EVO because that created the X Saber loops with Dark Soul and then Frog OTK. I didn't play during that format, but I am just kind of glad I didn't because that was also like when Infernities were sort of taking off as well. Cause like I remember, Infernity Barrier was insane because you could just search it. Yeah. But the X Savers, even in SSI, they can be very annoying. I was playing this one game the other day where I got looped because the guy he like used Gotham's and he had summoned Bryonic, and then he bounced his own Faltrill to summon it again and then do the whole thing again. I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> wow. I always tell people like it's odd that the two decks I have the most time into in Edison. Is Light Sworn slash Christia, and then also X Saber. I played X Saber for like six months, hardcore, and that was just a deck that when you would win, your opponent never stood a chance. But when you would lose, it just felt so bad. Yeah, it's like a weird thing where if you get the setup thing and you get like resolve the trap at specials too. Like, because the thing is, is uh, is because Rescue Cat wasn't banned until Tengu format, so there was a whole format where they had Rescue Cat with Dark Soul. Which is, and that was the old errata version where it's each copy. So yeah. it's not, uh, it's each, each, it's not like a once per turn per the effect. So, like, if you could bring it back and then do it again, then you get multiple searches off. Yes. Of yeah. 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 I, uh, I played, our locals was in a flea market in my town, and it was just a very small group of people, honestly, the same group of people that I play Edison with. So I never really got, <laughs> exposed to like a lot of the really crazy stuff like frog ftk and stuff like that but 
I remember getting rescue catted into like Airbellum Dark Soul and Default Troll, and that was just very yeah. Very well, dark. did you do you know anything about Synchro Cat format? So that was like right when this right before 2009 Nats when the starter deck came out. I didn't go to Nats that year, but so basically, Rescue Cat was at two, I think, and you still had like Cold Waves and you still had Crush Card also. So the deck playing like multiple Gravekeepers Guard because what it could do is you go Summoner Monk, you go Cold Wave Summoner Monk, discard a spell, summon two Arabellums, make Arcanine Magician, pop two, get a card out your hand. And then you still have like Avarice. But what's amazing is there were other beasts they played. They played, you know, Sea Koala? Yeah, Sea Koala. So yeah, you can summon Sea Koala make the attack of the monster zero, attack with it, and then attack with Arabellum. Or you could summon Dark Panther and just be like, oh, I'm going to copy JD. I'm going to copy Dark Armed. I'm going to copy Brionic. And they still had, uh, was Dark Strike Fighter still legal at that time too? I'm not 100% sure. I think it was banned because I think that it was just a big, like, I think that it was just, it got, there was a format where Dark Strike Fighter was just insane because you could just get about 3,500 damage on... If you do 3,500, it's game, because there's it's just so easy to summon. I mean, even I remember, like, Black Salvo was decent, because you just summon Dark Strike Fighter easily. Yeah. Like, it made games so short because of, of existing. It was just such a mistake of a card that they should never have made. Yeah, I remember when that card was, like, announced that they were going to errata and unban it. Everyone was, like, freaking out. <laughs> and then they just completely just ruined that card. I mean, I guess they made it probably what it should have been originally. Yeah, because also like things like let's say you play like Return and then you summon Dark Strike Fighter. Even if you don't kill them, that's like five thousand damage on the field just all the monsters you're bringing back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. wait. He he doesn't have to distribute himself. It's tribute any monster. Yeah that that was the old old uh, printing. Yes. What the heck? Are you? Yeah, I'm, let me double check, but I'm pretty sure even more yeah so you could, if you had four monsters you could attack with them and then uh wow yeah you're right that's insane yeah I, yeah so I that's why it tribute was, itself but nope. no 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 you can tribute itself so you can what you can do is let's say i have let's say you're at six thousand, and i have dark trek fighter for example maybe like a like a shura and like a Bora or something or you're at eight thousand. i can attack for 35 I can attack for 61 and then tribute the other two monsters for game. And even if you, it, it just was insane. It made no sense that existed because it just made it like, basically it was sort of like playing Yu-Gi-Oh when you had like 4,000 life points because there was, it was so easy to make and it was also at three. So it wasn't like, Oh, I, 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 I bottomless it. It's gone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, also, that's, that's crazy. for example, like if you summon it and they bottomless it, they could priority effect to ban to tribute either itself or the another monster on the field for game too. Yeah, so there was like pretty much no stopping it. Yeah, it was very, very bad. I actually do sort of like the tell that format a little bit, just because I think the mirror is kind of, kind of fun. Lightstorm is pretty fun in that format too. You said this is when they don't have charge. No, they had charge then. Oh, they had, they had charge then. Okay. Yeah, so they had um, JD was at two. They had three honest. Three Lumina, three Charge. It was basically full power Light Swarm. But just, it wasn't as good because Teldai was the best deck, and also because people played a depression of the main deck. Yeah. yeah. 
basically whenever we play, I play tell that we just gentlemen's agreement don't play impression because it's not there's so so much few spell trap removal in that format there's like breaker heavy mst and then wing blast so if you have like start because a lot of times like games are just end where you have like start a stark arm with a set of pressure there's no possible way they can kill you yeah unless they have like brain control or and that was also when solemn was at three so you still had like all of the protection of three solemns that format is crazy i've only ever heard people talk about it i've never played it I was yeah i mean it's it. you can definitely like even just like with a average hand because what's really weird is the so the format in the 08 nats malicious was at two and then they're like you know what synchros are coming out let's put malicious back at three oh, i'm no. sure this will not have consequences to when we're printing crabons and having sync having synchros because like like also crush card was out too so if you have three malicious and you have d draw and crush card you can just crush card on your opponent's standby phase of the first turn. Yeah. Because you missed, unless they have DD Crow. So, uh, teleport was just also wild too, because you could just, you could also just like summon Stratos or like summon a Gref or something, discard, and then just like teleport for like levels. Because Goyo, you had three Goyos then. Wow. Wow. That's all I can say about some of this stuff is like, I thought that Yu Gi Oh <laughs> was dark like around the uh, yeah, ruler format, it which it was, but. No, it was. That, that, that was that, that, that's also like the same reason why like Dragon Turbo is so like like to have Reju Rejuve be discards also completely is absurd. That it honestly just should have not been printed that way because it creates these decks where they use so many cards and it doesn't matter because they're getting all the advantage back at the end of the turn. Yeah. Yeah. But like I didn't play as much or anything, but wasn't it true that like Spellbugs could like hang with Dragon Rulers because of Jaugen and uh Judge, so look at judgment and stuff. Like it wasn't just like Dragon Wars were by far the only deck. Like, like yeah, like you had um, Dragon Rulers would do their little thing, you know, Super Aju where they draw yeah. all their Maxi, their Valors, and the good thing about Spellbook was like Valor and Maxi actually weren't like super great. Yeah, because you're doing like one special summoning a turn. Maybe. Yeah, so then they would just do the same thing at their end phase, the Judgment, where they would end on like a set yeah. fate with a Jalgen in defense. So now yeah, being able to just special summon any spellcaster in the end phase is the most insane thing ever. And that's the second effect of the card. Yeah. Yeah. And they could, uh, I, I believe they also played Kaiko as well. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kaiko and Jalgen. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I, I packed a judgment, like the weekend it came out, and somebody was like, oh, that's like $120, you know? And I was like, why? And I read it and I was like, Bro, this feels like this was an anime card. Like, what were they thinking printing this? Also, it's in an archetype where everything is searchable. So, yeah. like, yeah, it's not even like, oh, here's a here's a generic spell that's not searchable that you actually have to draw it. Yeah, it's like no, you can just search it. It was like in the first deck where they decided they were going to make every card in the whole deck searchable by every card in the whole deck. I remember. I remember like, just, spellbook star. I remember like I didn't have like I, I think I played like Evil Storm because like it was decent against Dragon Rollers, but it all it really like actually wasn't like people say oh it's a great matchup like yeah maybe it won forty percent of the time, but it had a win rate of probably I would say fifteen percent against spellbooks. It got absolutely destroyed by spellbooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember being at a regional. It was a, uh, a Star City Games regional, and walking by a table and seeing a forty two hundred Jalgen on the field because of spellbook <laughs> star hall. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, 
that Dragon has no business. Dragon has always been a hilarious card. Like I think it's kind of funny in Goat too because you can just summon it and then priority discard and pop like BLS or any like Thousand Eyes or whatever. Yeah, like it is definitely like a funny card. Just also because of people who play last turn, also because of like he just wall really light last turn for game. Yeah, my last build of pure light sworn I played before I switched to Christia. I actually sideboarded Jalgen because you could mill it, then like beckoning light back like double JD Jalgen, and yeah, yeah. Them. So it's like a mini. It's like a mini fossil dino. Yeah, yeah, and you could also like summon it to stun them out, and they try to run it over you. Honest, so that's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. Harold is like crazy good though. Like I, th- I, I am always fearful whenever I'm playing a deck that plays Harold because. If I try to do like some synchro, like if I try to like synchro or something and use the effect or like Caius, I'm 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 just my thing is just gonna die. Yeah. So it's just very annoying. Like trying to have to trying to thinking about playing around it. I find that that is yeah a big advantage of decks that play Herald and Edison. My second, let's see my third. I think it was my second Hero Frog opponent at the five k. Uh, after I beat him, I walked away and my friend was like, "Oh, how did you win?" And I was like, "Orange Light." And he was like, "Oh, did you like Orange Light as Monarch or something?" And I was like, "No." I beat him with orange light. I attacked his <laughs> malicious edge and double honested. He was at 2,900. <laughs> so I've ne- never won with orange light like that before. Yeah, because it's also a tuner. Like, that card is actually crazy if you think about it. Like, yeah. And the, the thing with Beckoning where you can just add back, like, Herald, a fairy, JD, and, like, something like Honest or something. Like, that is so insane. Like, no other deck can just be like, oh, I'm just going to pick out the four exact cards I need from my graveyard. Yeah. Off one card. Yeah, the amount I think that's part of the reason why I think Christmas Horn is so good is because it makes beckoning better too. Yeah, beckoning's wild. Like the amount of times I've went like summon Soul of Purity, summon Orange Light, make like Stardust or whatever level eight, and that gives me the other two fairies for Christia in the graveyard. Crazy yeah. the amount of times that that's happened. Yeah, like I, I remember because like I've had a lot of games against Light Sword, especially when Consecrated Light came out when I was playing Zombies, where I just couldn't kill it just because I like I started just like side decking like soul taker and stuff because i had i had like two pyramid turtles that could kill it and also because dragodia was at three you can't summon dragodia yeah. with uh cosmic lights out so yeah so three dragodia was some wild some wild uh because basically it meant you have an insanely high chance of opening it then you can either just make it like whatever level and then use it with diva or you can summon caius yeah and, like and Having three burials was completely absurd, also too, because you could just you just are gonna get to the combo where you have Mizuki and then like I think Allure was that too in that format too. Like everything that that format sort of just like Edison supercharged, where everything is just at its higher power level. But t- the Twilight deck was was probably the best deck just because three Necrogardner was very very good and having three lumina three honest three charge and also being able to play like dark arm and castle yeah that makes sense i uh i've played twilight a little bit in edison and it doesn't really feel super great i'm sure it felt a lot better back yeah then, i was cody had that version where he was playing like chaos and pot of avarice it was kind of fun yeah but i just think backing is so much better than pot of avarice and light swarm that yeah i i don't know i think pot of avarice can be sort of like it is weird though, like think about like all the decks that play Pot of Avarice and Edison are just the decks that are just so are not on the top level. Yeah. Because because it's Oh, did I tell you about the the guy I played online who played was playing pure Lightsworn with the plant burn engine and it it was so good. 
No, I don't think he did. Yeah, so I was playing this guy. Do you know the Amaryllis and like Titanial and then the equip spells of Lone Fire? Yeah. So basically, was just playing pure Light Swarm with a small plant equip package while also being able to just summon Amaryllis every turn. I was just, it was so much pressure because you could also just like, like JD nuke the board attack and then special the Amaryllis and, and defense in the end phase. Like, it was really, really good. I think that version is, is definitely worth trying. I think the, the Amaryllis deck is a little bit. I don't think it's like great. I think it's like a fine deck. It is very good side deck cards that I can side, like Skill Drain and Oppression and stuff like Fiend Comedian and stuff. Yeah, but Fiend Comedian. I think that the Lightsworn version was like the. I think it maybe just because I was playing Frogs, where that's just a bad matchup for that type of deck. But uh, that deck is very. I was like, oh shit, I, I gotta try that because I, I heard, I heard like one of like the top players played that in one of like the Edison World Championships. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, I think I heard that before too. <clears throat> well, we are uh, about a little over the hour mark. That's usually where I try to stop these. But I, uh, I really enjoyed this. I feel like we should actually do like a follow up, like a part two to this because I kind of. Oh yeah, like... I'd be down. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely. We could also focus more on like we could do like an episode of like two old formats where we talk about different. I could like teach you about what what certain things and that type of how the game was then and how. Like yeah, certain things like that. That sounds fun to me. We we're good at uh, doing some old man rambling here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I'm going to edit this and get this up today. So, um, yeah. All right, and, appreciate um, it. I'll see you here in a couple hours at the switch. Yeah, yeah. See ya. Drive safe. All right, you too. See ya. Okay, guys. Well, if you stuck around to the very end of this podcast, I would like to say I apologize if you had some times where you could not hear me. I actually had to go in here and manually recreate some of my audio because my audio was very, very low, almost inaudible. I have no idea what happened. I've never had that happen during a podcast before. So I tried to go in and reconstruct it as best as I could, so I do apologize for that. I do think I know what caused it, but hopefully we do not have that problem in the future. I would also like to say this has probably been one of my favorite episodes I've done so far. Just really enjoy learning new things about the game that I didn't know previously, especially from someone like Sasha who has played for so long. It's very, very cool to get that insight and just learn some things about the game I didn't know. So we're definitely going to have Sasha back on very soon for a part two follow-up to this. And uh, maybe we'll delve a little bit more into some of Yu-Gi-Oh!'s history that I still don't know about. So... Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you guys on the next one.